listening to the Ice Prep Podcast. Here's your hosts, Brian and Pat. Welcome, everyone, to Ice Prep Podcast. Uh, I think this is the final one in that room for you, Pat. No, you said you're driving back for the next yeah, few episodes. Two, maybe three more episodes. We'll see. <laughs> of the blurry background, and then who knows what it'll look like behind Pat. Probably <laughs> still boxes, but different places of boxes. <laughs> it uh, could look the exact same, but Pat will be in a different location. So that's that's, that's right. fun, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of glad we're recording tonight, not last night, because there would have been the chance we would have been like, and there goes the power. Mind you, my power never went out. but Oh, yeah, mine didn't either. The ice storm really didn't uh, do too much on my side, which is kind of nice. Yeah, it wasn't London. It was, like, south of us. Apparently, St. Thomas got it really bad. Port Stanley, yeah. uh, really bad. Apparently, there's, like, most of the area just won't have power till tomorrow night. Yeah, no, uh, someone I work with uh, got a notification, so it went out. Uh, so for those that are listening, there was a there was a hell of an ice storm uh, in Ontario uh, last night. Wednesday night and uh yeah someone I work with they said that their power went out roughly after they got home from work last night so about 6 6 30 and uh yeah they were told that maybe 11 p.m tonight Thursday night 11 p.m is when it would come back maybe so it is not warm out and they are currently frozen into their house because their car is also trapped because their garage door is frozen shut. Oh, no. So they can't charge their phone. <laughs> they can't charge their laptop. They can't eat, like stay warm and they can't go anywhere and they can't like start the car because they'll freaking suffocate. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. That, okay. That one's pretty bad. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I can't complain. I can't be like, my feet are cold. I'm in the basement <laughs> when they've got that yeah. going on. Yeah, no, that, that I feel for them. So yeah, I, he, I know he's not listening. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he likes soccer. It's fine. Oh, fair enough. I was going to yeah. say, just looking at you and thinking of it, I was like, I wanted to prep the photo that you sent me of your setup. Then I was like, oh, then I'd have to show off mine and mine still might be worse than your current. You're surrounded by like, you're a, you're a toddler's fort. dream right now. You yeah, it's a box fort. Yeah, no, I I have I had to pack up my office essentially because uh, currently I'm in a pretty tiny place. Um, it's a one bedroom plus den. Um, it's open concept if you want to call it that way, or in other words, it is the kitchen is part of the living room. Um, so very limited space. Uh, so I had to take down my desk and put it up against the wall. Uh, it's over to my right side and then just cram all the boxes in because they also have to show this place. Uh, it's an apartment. So my landlord's going to be showing it, uh, in the next couple weeks. So I have to at least make it so they can walk around. <laughs> so I'm currently sitting in a chair where my knees are like at a point up and down where normally they're supposed to be like flat or, or better. Um, I'm pretty much on the floor and my laptop is on a TV tray. So, and uh, my second monitor is sitting on a box, which makes me really nervous. And my <laughs> water cup is on the floor. It is just shambles over here. So <laughs> it's fun. Well, yeah, you make it, you make it work though. Right. That's the whole thing. I... Absolutely. 
Speaking of making it work, hockey. I don't know. That was probably one of my worst segues yet. So yeah, that one. That one's up there. Um, pretty sure we ended the last show by saying, hopefully, there's some trades before we talk again. Uh, it was about 24 hours later. Uh, let me make yep. sure I've got the right one pulled up here. Um, that yeah, it was almost exactly 24 hours. Yeah, at uh, 17. It was like uh, 11 o'clock. Yeah, 11:06 was when TSN uh, tweeted it out that the Leafs have acquired Ryan O'Reilly uh, and Nola Kari, and it was so important that I can't even remember the uh, prospect that was a part of it as well. Um, to St. Louis, uh, 23rd, uh, 2023 first and third round, 2024 second round, um, and then uh, who's that? Mikhail Abramonov, don't know who that is, Adam Gaudet. And then Minnesota just randomly gets a fourth round pick to retain uh, extra salary because St. Louis retained the full amount, which was 50. So Leafs got Ryan O'Reilly. Their his salary for the Leafs is like what? It's like two and a half million or something like that. No, 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 no. It's like one and a half. Million. Oh, okay, it's one. It's way yeah, down so, there. Yeah, in theory, they're paying Kerfoot more than they are Ryan O'Reilly, which is just a shame. And. <laughs> What did they do right away? They put him on the uh, second line with Martyr and Tavares. He looked, he they looked tired game one and game two because obviously they played in St. Louis the night before. Um, he stayed in St. Louis late because he was doing the Make a Wish, um, mm-hmm. the final one. And then okay, they've had a couple days rest, and then what does he do? Puts a hat trick up at home in Buffalo. Um, welcome to the Leafs, like. That's a scary second line. I wonder if part of that is why he's on the second is just to get him comfortable being like, here's what it's like to play with Marner if we ever need it. And then they're going to like boot him down to the third line to be like, you take over whenever you're on the ice. I just, I don't know. I think it's silly. Um, I know that I think Keith said that uh, Tavares is going to be a center again. I don't know if that's the right idea. Um the line seems to be working. I mean, obviously, it's a pretty small sample size, but the line seems to be working. And you didn't get Ryan O'Reilly to be the physical presence or the speed or to have the hands of a god. You got Ryan O'Reilly to win faceoffs. So why not keep him in the first and second pairing as the center to win faceoffs? I, I mean, well, it, uh, it's. It makes sense too because if you if they brought him up and say they were to put him on the wing, he's not going to know how things work. At least if he's center for the most part, he's helping to dictate the play. Now, obviously, yeah. if Marner's got the puck, then you just really have to watch out for whatever's going to happen because you never know. But I I wonder if it's going to be like ten games of him between Marner and Tavares, and then they start to shift more towards giving him his own line, and then it's like okay, if things go really bad. It's like how they they do the uh, Matthews uh, Marner Nylander line whenever things got like really hectic and panicky. We'll have to wait and see. Um, it they is could pull what uh, the Abs did a lot in the playoffs, and they would have uh, the faceoff winner. So generally, that was Kadri until he was injured. Kadri go out, take the faceoff, skate to the bench, and bring the well. That's actual what center. They literally did that with Spezza like every. Uh, yep. defensive zone or offensive zone face-off to make sure that they could get the puck at a high rate. But pr- it has to be one of the biggest trades that I can remember the Leafs doing, and I don't know how long. Yeah, like, it was pretty huge. Felino was, yeah, 
That wasn't a big trade, though. No, like, this like is... they gave up a first. We... Giordano was eh. Like, they've got well, to think it, it they're wasn't... getting captains, though. It wasn't just Giordano, though. It was Giordano and uh, Blackwell, Colin Blackwell. Yeah, and he played um, very well for them. Yeah, and that, like, it's a similar trade in my mind to that, but just elevated. So Ryan O'Reilly, Ryan O'Reilly played on the first or second line in uh, St. Louis. He was always a nightmare to play against in the West. He just, he's just good. He's, he just does things that are just great hockey plays. But then you also have Noel Achari, and he is a perfect fit for that fourth line. That's exactly what we were talking about, that they needed to find people for that line, for the third and the fourth, and that is a perfect move. And I on like I think, was it Friedman? I can't remember who announced it today, but they said that the Leafs are not done. No, and I think Oh, that's it was, not surprising at all. Are they done? And they said not, and it was at all. Like, just the confidence in that. So I have a feeling they are going to be kicking some uh, tires to find out about some third and fourth liners, because... You gotta, and they've got to go for it, and I would not be surprised if we saw Kerfoot moving out very, very shortly. Well, yeah, um, so the other thing we can talk about there, because it wasn't just that trade, obviously, um, there's been two more. One yep. will we can touch on uh, quickly here, I'll, I'll grab that, because it doesn't really have too much bearing on anything. Um, the Senators getting rid of Nikita Zaitsev, Um <laughs> And by getting rid of, they also had to add in a second and a a fourth-round pick. Uh, So the Blackhawks took on that contract. So the Senators clear up a bunch of space, uh, which they've got a ridiculous amount for summer, and now they're back apparently in the Chikrin running. Um, So who knows there. But then the other one that happened, what, uh, not too long ago. Uh, Hold on. Let me find where that one went. Ah, it's this one. Um, Three hours ago? Yeah, is between Boston and Washington, um, which is not something I think we expected to see, especially with uh, Washington is currently playing. So they had they had scratched uh, Dmitry Olov and Orlov, uh, Orlov sorry. Not and... Olov, he's not a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> and Garnet Hathaway, so that is on its way to Boston. Uh, Washington's getting a first. This year, a second, a third, and Craig Smith. I, I Craig Smith. I, I don't. Yep, sure. Um, yep. Boston is beefing up. That is a scary defenseman for them to get. That's a um, first line pair. That's a first pair defenseman that they just scooped. And Garden Hathaway is the biggest pest. So he, in the East. So like, he is Boston. Yeah. So now they have Marchand, who's going to rile you up. Hathaway, who's going to rile you up, and then also feed Fissy you because he's sitting. I think it was seventh or eighth in the league for hits. Cool. So, yeah, he's got some goals. He's, he's got some points. I think he's at like nineteen or twenty points around that area. So you know he does stuff, but he is there to aggravate and irritate, and that's Boston's motto in the playoffs. So it's a brilliant move to bring in yet another disturber. I think. He's going to fit in immediately, and Boston fans are going to love that, man. Yeah, it's uh, sitting here as a Devils fan watching all of this. So you had, obviously, the Islanders bring in Bo Horvat, 
the Rangers Ooh, bring which in is interesting. Let's pause there for okay, a second. Okay. No, 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 no. We're pausing on Horvat because it is wildly interesting when you look at the points comparison between Horvat since he's been playing in uh, in the Rocks or, or sorry, I guess New York Islanders. So, so for the Islanders, uh, his points total versus uh, Anthony Beauvillier since being traded on the other side of the Horvat trade, they're nearly identical in points and Beauvillier is not the same tier as Horvat apparently. Well, so... that's sometimes it's a change of scenery, right? Like yeah. Beauvillier's style did not change work at all with the Islander style and Bo Horvat's style that works with literally any team in the league because yep. he, net. yeah, he is a net front guy and teams love that. Like uh, another uh, primary assist last night. He's, he's not slowing down the points, but yeah, as you said, there's, uh, Beauvillier is getting some some points in Vancouver, uh, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate for Vancouver because it pushes them further away from Connor Bedard. Uh, but luckily, they still can't seem to outscore their problems. Yeah. Um, so in the Metro, Bohorvat gets added. Tarasenko gets added to the Rangers. Um, apparently, the Rangers, uh, they've scratched some players. It looks like Patrick Kane could be now going to the Rangers based on everything that's out there. Obviously, Ryan O'Reilly uh, in the Atlantic. Boston uh, beefing up because it doesn't seem like Washington is making the playoffs. It, Carolina and New Jersey have to be watching this going, um... Crap. If Well, <laughs> I, I think it's... I think for the Hurricanes, it is a bigger we have to do something. Like, yeah, they, they had the Brent Burns acquisition in the summer, which is great for them. And um, Yeah, well, Patches is out until the playoffs, probably. But uh, no, he's out. No, is he he's, out? Out? Oh, it's his Achilles again. Oh Oof. no, um, no, no. The, I I've been very all in on Meyer to New Jersey, but apparently the ass came out, and part of it is Dawson Mercer, which is a big no. If you're New Jersey at this point, get some like kind of third, fourth line guys, and if you want Meyer that bad, get him in free agency. Um. Everybody else has. Everybody else is just adding like crazy. This was supposed to be a potential wild card year at best. Um, the only reason why the Devils were would add is if they think that they can get past the first round because they want to give these kids more experience. But the ask on Meyer is apparently just abs- If the the ask involves Mercer, that's way too much. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and like you, you, you hit it right on the head. You look at the teams that are adding the New York Rangers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins, uh, and like you mentioned, Carolina is probably going. Oh God, we got to do this. Toronto, they've got to get past the first round at least. They're running out of time. Their runway is coming to a close at least when it comes to the general manager and the coach. Their contracts are up at the end of the year, so. It's a make or break mode for them, so they got to make moves. Then, oh, I might be getting choppy. No, I'm not seeing it. Oh, okay. Maybe it's just me. All right. Anyways, um, then you've got Boston. This is their last year. This is their final dance. Yes. Sorry, I'm laughing because I was looking at Dawson Mercer stats, and what does he do? He scores another goal. I think that's five, like seven goals in the last five games or something like that. That's no. nuts. Yeah, so 
Yeah, and you've got all these teams that are in this win-now mode. They need to win it this year. Carolina especially. Like, they've been so close for so long. The Rangers, they've been so close. Like, really, I know it only seems like it's been one or two years, but, like, they should have gone further every single time. Every one of those teams is just like, we've got to do it. New Jersey's like, we're going to make it. <laughs> they're They're back in the running again. New so. Jersey's just playing for fun. Everybody else is like... It's full-on panic having to be like, okay, like we know the Lightning are going to do something. I was joking earlier, like what do they have to do? But we know the Lightning will do something. They always do. Like that's going to mean essentially every single top team in the East will have made a big trade involving a first-round pick. Um, and And what's crazy is you look – um, from even Philly, we'll knock them out. Between Ottawa to Florida, there's six points difference, and most of those teams have a ton of games in hand on Florida. So there is a lot of movement that can still, like, you know, we essentially know the top three in the Metro and the Atlantic. It's what's going to happen in the wild card. So who knows? Like, we could still see Pittsburgh swing, we could see Detroit decide to make a move. Or Florida, like, that's fun for the East there, whereas in the West, it's just, it is literally the Wild West right now. Yeah, they're all just fighting to not lose out of a spot. Like, that's, that's honestly what's happening in the West, is there's, like, maybe two teams that are doing well, and the rest are just like, ugh. If we we all lose together, then we (laughs) all stay in the same spot. (laughs) It is... It's not the wild west, it's the sad west. It's well, sad. The wilder it's really sad. <laughs> the wilder on their way out of the playoffs, which is good news for Calgary. Like it should be these eight teams, if we're yeah. being honest. Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis, Vancouver. Vancouver's literally out. Um yeah. none of them should stand a chance. Like it should be Calgary and Edmonton are trying to get ahead of Seattle, Vegas. Okay. Or LA. But Calgary, they, have they can't problems. do anything. That like I, last night, they sure they won last night. They won six three. Fine, I'll give them that. It was against Arizona, so like <laughs> woohoo, good for you. Um, but also, I was texting you these scores, and I want I want to go back and look at them. Okay, hold on, let me. Uh... It was to me absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah, because they. Um... I can't remember the exact thing. I've got it pulled up here. So it's a 6-3 win. So these three Arizona goals, um, the shots were something like 20-9, to nine, I believe, and it was 3-1 for the Coyotes. Um, yes, okay. So this is, for some reason, I was having issues sending screenshots to Brian last night, and I don't know why. But I said, since I can't send a screenshot, Calgary is outscoring Arizona 29-7. to seven. Calgary is losing 2-1. And then shortly afterwards, sorry, twenty nine to eight, losing three one. Sorry, thirty three to nine, three <laughs> three. So the they don't know how to play hockey anymore. They're in this situation where they're just like, ah, let's hope we do this tonight. Like, I wonder. Get Sutter. I was gonna say, I wonder if they don't do a trade deadline move, they do a get the coach out swap. Yeah, because I think. Sutter's one of those ones that if the second that he's lost the room, it's over. And there definitely seems to be a, a 
bad juju between Sutter and Kadri and Sutter and Huberdeau. Yeah, he doesn't like them, and it's very, very evident. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. And I like for like I'm asking and wondering like, are they going to move out pieces that were picked up? Like you look at Mackenzie Weger, for some reason, his name is a part of trade discussions. I think that was it shouldn't be when Calgary didn't look like they were going to stand a chance. Like That's if, like if this week, I heard it this week. Yeah. Uh, what? Like, I don't know why Calgary <laughs> is suddenly trying to get a first over, like a first round pick. Plus um, they need defensemen. They need a different coach in there. And they need to just let Markstrom figure things out. I know they've been trying, but like, if maybe that's maybe that's a move we see is I don't think Ladar so. or Markstrom. Maybe not not this season, but maybe in the off season we see a goalie swap or a goalie change. Maybe we see yet another Vancouver goalie swap, and Thatcher Demko goes to sometimes, Calgary. Sometimes it just takes that like month or two of the rough patch like look at Edmonton we were ripping on their goalies and suddenly it seems like both Skinner and Campbell have figured it out a little bit more the the puck is literally not going through Campbell's glove um no instead it's going through his legs okay yeah well he's he is (laughs) he is playing better now mind you the Oilers are having McDavid put on a ridiculous amount of goals and assists every single night. So they are, they are full on doing what they did in the playoffs against Calgary. Like every single night, just being like, if we score six, we can't lose. Right. Right. I mean, if they score four, they can lose. We've seen that one recently. So Brian. Okay. Let me pull up stat muse. I'm just going to say, uh, Jack Campbell, let's say Jack Campbell's February so far. I'll pull up uh, last 10. February's, okay. But even still, February 7th, 938 save percentage. Not bad. February 11th, 897. February 15th, 826. February 17th, 895. February 19th, 857. He's not looking soup stoops. So. <laughs> His January was great. He is 7-0-3 in his last 10 games. The three ones that you just mentioned there um, were all overtime losses, yeah, with very bad save percents. But you look above that, almost all in the nines. So... Uh, I I mean, that's just January, though. Jan- he had a good January. Great, good for you. But if you can't keep that going... He's sitting at under 900. That's not good. That's not good enough. That's not good enough for $5 million a year. I'm sorry. No, well, we know he's overpaid. He's, yeah, he's, here's experience Oilers hockey. Stuart Skinner is 4, 2, and 3 in his last 10 with a much better goals against and a much better safe percent. Well, because he's the better goalie, but the issue is, is the defense in Edmonton. They don't know how to do anything. And it's not just the defensemen. It's also the forwards don't know how to play defense. Jay Woodcroft, maybe you should tell them that. Um, well, McDavid yes. can literally only do so much on the ice. The dude's well, at, what do we say, 109 points now because he's got another three-point night on the go? Good Lord. But he but he doesn't really do defense. And Why should he, he have, have to? to? 
No, he shouldn't have to. You know who should out, who should be doing it? Literally everybody else. Just let <laughs> let McDavid McDavid and then everyone else just plays defense. Have one forward. Just let him cherry pick the whole game. Like go back to that style. Play yeah, playground ball style. hockey. Uh, the Oilers, like they are the most frustrated. Like we, how often do we talk about them? We get more frustrated probably talking about the Oilers than any other team in the NHL. I think so. And so, uh, a good buddy of mine at work. And I'm not intentionally wearing or Oilers like orange underneath. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. Hey, I was wondering. Um, so a good buddy of mine at work. He is an Oilers fan, and he walks over to my desk. And every single time that he walks over, I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? And I know because I can tell by the look on his face, he's about to talk about the Edmonton Oilers. And I can just see the pain in his eyes. He is just he knows <laughs> McDavid is leaving. Like he he knows it. And he's just like, yeah, man, it was rough. You know, that was a wasn't a good game on the weekend. I was like, which one? He was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which which uh, blown lead? We'll get to that. Yeah, exactly. We will get to that once we go back to our games of the week. But I have a little game that I want to play. We played this last year, uh, literally this show last year. Okay. Um, and then after that, I've got one thing that we'll do, and then we'll pop into games of the week. Sounds great. So the game that we are going to be playing is... Where does the trade bait end? Uh, oh, yes, this last okay. year, I went through the top 25 trades, picked the ones, or top 25 trade bait players, and picked the ones that I thought were at least interesting kind of to talk about, because there's some in there that I just don't care. Um, but we'll, we'll click we'll through, through them and then others that I don't think anything's going to happen. For instance, Brock Besser. I I can't imagine him leaving right now. They, yeah, that's stupid. So, number one on everyone's list, where is Jacob Chikrin going to end up, Brian? Ottawa. Brian says Ottawa. Pat says Arizona. I don't think that they are going to find a buyer for him, but in the offseason they will because the price is too high. That's my methodology with it. Fair enough. All right. Vladislav Gavrikov. Now, this is a player from Columbus, and he has been talked about quite a bit lately. He's been sat for almost a month because of uh, potential trade opportunities. Where do, He is from Columbus. Where do you think he's going to end up, Brian? Columbus. They want too much, and he sat too long. I am thinking that that is going to be a... Ah, but we got to do something move. And I think the like 459 on the deadline day. Edmonton. Ooh, because they need real defensemen. Fair. All enough. right. Next up. Not from Edmonton, but from Chicago. Everyone's least favorite American hockey player, Patrick Kane. New York Rangers. <laughs> I think they made the space. They're going to do it. It's one of the two places he wants to go. One of the two places he will go, and they've wanted him for years. I am going to throw a massive curve into what everyone is thinking, and I think he is going to Vegas. He seems like a Vegas hockey player. He because he's a rental. Him, <laughs> Eichel not having Stone, but suddenly getting Kane would be scary. 
it's what they would need yep. to keep it going. And then once Stone comes, oof, oh, oh, gross. If All he's right, willing to go up, there, yep. All right, yeah, that's true. Next up, Timo Meyer from the San Jose Sharks. Where is he going? The heart says Jersey. The brain says, oh. The brain says Seattle. Oh, that's a good pick. I like that because they got to make some moves. They're kind of middling out a little. They're very much a everybody always all the time together. Like nobody really stands out point wise. He would go there and be scary. They've got the players. They've got the prospects. They've got the picks. Part of me thinks it's the Seattle rental. Yes, it is the same division, but. I'm, I'm doing one that I don't think has been talked about enough, but we did kind of mention it. And I think that it's going to be a suitor that's going to come in and it'll be Carolina. Okay. I think that that could be an interesting play. They got a lot of really strong forwards, but I think that if they bring in Timo Meyer, whoo, that's Meyer, Meyer, Svetch, and Ajo would probably be one of the scariest lines in the league. Marty Natchez, he's yeah. killing it. You've so. got Turbo. You've got Burns, who's literally doing either defense or forward, whatever he feels like. And he knows Meyer well. Exactly. So. so there's there's a little bit that I think could be really interesting there. Um, and I think they have the space because of Patches IR. Um, yep. Next up, this is a little bit of a wonky one, but there's been a lot of chatter about him, and that's Jake McCabe defenseman from chicago he is probably a solid third pairing defenseman but he's younger um so there's a little bit of an upside on that what do you think happens with jake mccabe washington Mm. they just got rid of a top guy they've got they've got a pick so they can decide hey do we want to use this pick or do we want to do it to try and do something else with it i'm wondering if they might trade that boston first or that first round pick away Okay. Interesting. Does I don't he, know if does he mean. have any um, term. I have no idea. I just looked at. The I will look that up. Down. <laughs> I'm really bad at prepping. The only reason um, why I... I say that. Okay, so he is on his second of his fourth year, uh, four million AAV. The reason why I say Washington, they only have one defenseman signed for next year at this time. True. Yeah. So, so they're going to be looking. They're that's be a big on part of it. Then. Yes. Okay. Um. I'm thinking, because you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier as well, Calgary. Um, I think that McCabe would slot in pretty well there. But the one caveat with that is they would have to move out someone. And that's why I'm unsure. If it doesn't happen in Calgary, I don't think it happens. That's that's it for me. All right. Staying in the West dish. From, I know. I had too much pizza and I'm like super bloated and I feel like I'm drunk, <laughs> but I'm not. Um, so, St. Louis, they've got this guy. We talked about him a little bit ago and I thought he was going to go to Toronto, but instead, two others did. Ivan Barbashev, a right winger. Where do you think he ends up? Because he's definitely on the block. New Jersey. Ah, Devils okay. don't get Meyer. They need a potential top six winger. It's the bill. It's just the price. Yeah. I think that we are going to see this will be Tampa's move. I think Tampa is going to be in on Barbashev to shore up a couple of the uh, weak sides that they might have there and give a little bit more strength. He goes into the corners and hits. So, um, all right, we're going to 
go to California because they know how to party. Where is Eric Carlson going to end up, Brian? I stand by where you got pissed off at me last week, Edmonton. I think you were soup stoops wrong. If you want to uh, hear that chat, <laughs> it's it's like 15 minutes on last week's episode, so we don't need to get into it again. I, I think he's still going to Edmonton. I am going to steal an answer from you because you made a very good point that I didn't even think of, and I think he ends up in Washington. Carlson and Carlson? Come on. It writes itself. Carlson and Carlson feeding Ovechkin. Okay. Right? So you, but like that, like, it doesn't seem outlandish. No, it me. doesn't. Especially like now that we know they only have John Carlson signed, they just got rid of one of their better defenders. They have a free first round pick to play with. Any defenseman, like, you, especially if they have term mm-hmm. and if San Jose can retain some, they're, they have to be in on like every defenseman out there. And not to mention, they like older players. Mm hmm. They do. They they like more term players, people that have the uh, experience. So I wouldn't be surprised if Washington suddenly is into the race of for Carlson. Um, we're gonna go down south here and go and stick with the defenseman here. Shane Gostis Bear once again is part of trade talks. He seems to be popping up almost every year at least. He oats right now. He is currently in Arizona. Do you think he stays there, or is he heading somewhere else? He stays. Arizona can only trade so many. Um, I think they want to keep some players there. Obviously, they did just acquire the Shea Weber contract. So they have, what, I guess 21 million of fake money uh, currently as a part of their cap. So they need to actually have players for uh, the floor. So I think he stays, but you never know. I think that they do a one-for-one with Edmonton. Um, I think Edmonton is going to be on the hunt, and I think they're going to pick up like Cody Cece or something stupid like that um, and then just wait for him to get hurt and go on IR, and then they'll have like $25 (laughs) Cody Cece, Um, by the way, for those who don't pay attention to the Oilers, is currently on the first pair with Darnell Nurse and has been for quite some time. Uh, yeah, and Shane Goss's bear is at least a good defenseman that can, like he's proven that he can shoot the puck in the net. He had I think it was like six games in a row where he scored a goal as a defenseman and named Shane Goss's bear, who's not the greatest. So he's proving that he still has some uh, gas in the tank and he could be a valuable asset to anybody that needs a uh, little bit of a scoring touch, but for the most part, a shutdown defenseman. Um, okay, leaving there. Let's go to Philly. JVR, James Van Riemsdyk. He's a left winger, which I think is an interesting piece because there's not a lot of left wing uh, left winger depth. There's been a lot of talk about him moving. Do you think he is going to move? Um, the only team I could see would be potentially Winnipeg. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. I'm going to steal that too. I, I agree. <laughs> it's. I think Winnipeg's a great fit. Winnipeg, it's, they're almost, you can't say anybody in the West is locked in, but like the floor underneath Calgary just doesn't exist. So it's basically play 500 hockey, you make it in. Hellebuck is having one of his years. They just oh, yeah. have to shore up a few things and it's, it's scary. Like you look at what their defensemen are doing, especially Morrissey this year. 
look out for Winnipeg come playoff time because goalies can steal series and they've got one of the best this year who's not playing for Boston. I honestly, if Winnipeg has to play Dallas in the playoffs, that will be a hell of a series. And I'm really excited to watch every single game be one nothing. Like, <laughs> we'll go to the just seventh the- overtime again and it, it'll be 0 0. <laughs> yeah, and just the two of them in net going. <laughs> the whole time but all right let's uh let's stay let's move from one canadian team to a different canadian team since we both decided to choose winnipeg there vancouver another name that has been talked about a metric crap ton luke shen a lot of people seem to be very interested in him i don't see particularly why i think he's an okay defenseman but i don't think he's it's the um how much he throws his body he Mm -hmm. leads doesn't he like lead the league in hits in like the last 10 years or something like it's it's ridiculous um so he's the thing with him he is on the second year of a eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar contract so he's obviously uh ufa afterwards i think that knocks washington out in my eyes part of me thinks that might be the Buffalo Sabres only move. Ooh, yeah. They've got Dalene, they've got power, absolute studs on offense and defense. Bring in another big body that's just nasty. Yeah. That's yeah. But mm, I don't know because that if he if he's on an expiring contract and it's a cheap contract. This will be probably a third pair defenseman. This is a move of we're in it to go for it. Right? Like they they need this to go for the cup. I don't think like Buffalo is just trying to get in. And I don't think that this is a get into the playoffs move. It's not a get into the playoffs move, but it's a showing we want to do something without yeah. breaking the bank. Because they don't need help on forward. We know that. Tage Thompson has another hat trick tonight. Like, they need help on defense, and they need another goalie. Yeah, I think that we are going to see Luke Shen go to a contender. Um, I kind of think he's going to go to the East, and my gut says, for some reason, Toronto still. Ah, the team that drafted him. I don't know why. I just feel like he's been like linked Toronto. to Toronto the entire time, so that's not that big of a stretch. I don't want it to be a thing, but I just feel like it's gonna be. Uh, all right, we well, got three more. Okay. Uh, staying in Canada, Yessi Puliarvi for the Edmonton Oilers. Is he staying or is he going? I think he stays. So I'll put stay. But I believe when you and I were talking about this, did I not? say he would be a perfect fit for the Avs. Um yeah, it was I'm pretty sure it was the when I was talking to you I said he he seems like one of those players that he needs a fresh start. Yeah. And under Bednar would be a perfect spot for him. So, uh there was an interview that was done uh Yes, with, yes, I remember that. Uh I think it was Miko. Yeah, yes, it was Miko Rantanen. It was uh, earlier this week. And more or less, he said that uh, Sakic 
obviously he's looking for players. He's looking for hockey players and like really talented people, but he's also looking for the right person in the locker room. They have to mesh with the team. They have to be the right personality fit. And Mika was saying he absolutely would fit in. One of the big things uh, is that Pugliarvi doesn't have a Finnish speaking player currently in Edmonton. He used to have uh, Koskinen, but he's now gone. Whereas if he, in theory, moves to Colorado, he's got Arturi Lekkinen and uh, Miko Rantanen. And you've also got people like Gabe Landeskog, who I'm pretty sure has probably been taking Finnish lessons. Um, um, not only that, in that, like the guy. in that interview that you're mentioning, he mentions that he was apparently a big reason as to why Arturi Lekkinen, like he vouched for him pretty heavily to Sakic, being like, no, he'll be a perfect fit here. So yeah. that that seeing that, if he goes anywhere, it's Colorado. Otherwise, yep. he stays, which, oh, poor Pugliarvi. Yeah. Watch me say that, and the Oilers win this year. <laughs> they'll they'll send him down to the Condor so he doesn't get a ring or something. I know that he will still, but yeah. All right, two more. Uh, and we're going to Arizona yet again, and we are going to my apparently favorite player in the league, Karel Vamelka. Is he moving? Nope. Ah, I hate that. <laughs> the I have the feeling, the ask of what Timo Meyer is, uh, double it, and that's Vimelka. Goalies, yeah, they're voodoo, but goalies that play like that for like one of the worst teams in the league, imagine if they have a system in front of them. So I think he stays. It's too valuable for Arizona, but you never know. They've got a lot of first-round picks. Maybe they want more. Could be. I I still strongly believe that uh, he is going to move. Um, I was starting to lean to L.A. because they seemed like they were kind of in a, a problematic area with their goaltending. But Phoenix Copley has shown up and really, really shown himself. And they denied a goalie fight between him and Gibson. The refs, just get rid of them. Robo refs, let them fight. Let them... Nah. I'm going to say that that is going to be Buffalo's let me show you because he's got term. They just signed him this year, which means Craig Anderson can't play for much longer. That man <laughs> is 96 years old. His knees are probably older than time. You know, it's just his time is coming to an end. Ukapekalukanen still has a little bit of time that he needs to take in the lower leagues to get up to the NHL level. I think he will be a fantastic goaltender, but he's not there yet. And Comrie is good, but again, like he's not a starter. Vimelka is. Buffalo needs a starter. I think that they pull the trigger on this. If it's not during the trade deadline, they're going to fight for him. Uh, I think in the off season, I think that we're going to see Karel Vimelka as a Buffalo Sabre uh, before the start of the 2024 season or 2023 season. Sorry. Buffalo owns their first this year, their second this year, two other seconds this year, and then their first and seconds uh, years after that. So if first is part of it and then who knows, maybe they get, it'd be the, do you get rid of Eric Comrie as a part of that to go back? So then there's a serviceable goalie for Arizona potentially. Well, so Connor Ingram is showing that he has some gas in the tank as well. Like he's, he's really quite like the, the system down there is good and they picked up uh, a bunch of goalies off of waivers. So don't be surprised if we see Dre if they, my call is so Drieger went on waivers today. If Drieger is picked up by Arizona, 
Karel Vimelka is going to be a Buffalo Saber. Okay. Because Drieger can be a starter. He just needs the right goalie coach. Clearly, Seattle does not have that. Arizona does. Sorry, Connor McDavid is now at 110 points. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh... <laughs> two goals, two assists for the night. So, where is Connor McDavid going? No, I'm kidding. Um, the, the record books. Name, right. The last name on this list of this stupid game that I, for some reason, love so much. Alex Kerfoot from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is he moved before the trade deadline? Uh, if he if he moves it's with a player swap so okay who from potentially vancouver because luke shen for kerfoot is not enough obviously um i don't think there's anybody else there uh because the leafs couldn't afford besser mixed in with everything i don't uh Honestly, I think they run it back with Kerfoot again. I hope I'm wrong because he is one of those pieces that is so undervalued in Toronto. So it would be nice to see him thrive somewhere else. I see it. So I say stay. He's going to stay in Toronto? Okay. I am going a little off the books here. They need a little bit of a pick-me-up. I don't think Kerfoot is the right move, but I feel like that would be the move that the general manager would do. And I'm saying Dallas. Dallas is doing good, but they need more. So, yeah, I think Dallas. Okay. Yeah, they, he would yeah. fit. They're thinking of how he plays and the way that the, the stars are playing under Pete DeBoer. Pete DeBoer would probably love him. Um, right. Yeah, I can... I can see that. So there we go. Um, I'll have to get you to send me that. So then next week, um, when everything's done, I can put it up on screen and show everybody how incredibly wrong we both were on everything. (laughs) Imagine one of us goes, like, perfect score. (laughs) If that happens, like, whoever gets that owes the other person 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. But the That's odds it. of that, it's about zero. Uh, one yeah. thing before we get to um, games of the week is something we haven't done a lot of this year because there hasn't been as many good ones, is just phenomenal uh, jerseys by teams Ooh, for right. yeah. um, the jerseys that they can only wear during the pregame. This one by the Vancouver Canucks celebrating First Nations, I think is the best jersey we have seen in the nhl in i don't know how long it is an absolute crime that they are not allowed to wear this during a game that is a take on what is one of the most beloved logos in hockey and it is done so perfectly yeah because they 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 switched the orca to or well it's a skate for that logo to a thunderbird which is just amazing they've got the medicine wheel uh, for the numbers on the shoulders. And then they've also got, um, I can't say that word. I apologize. Um, the numbers incorporate something traditional, uh, which is used during a powwow regalia or in traditional beating. So like they, they do it right. Vancouver has done it right. Please NHL let teams wear these jerseys in an actual game because 
Like I, I legitimately want this Jersey. I wish that they would produce more of them instead of the ones that are just game war that they put up for auction and only in their stores because like the $350 price tag, like we're just average Joe. Like literally I'm in a room surrounded by boxes and garbage bags. <laughs> like, do you really think I can afford legitimate jerseys? Absolutely not. We broke. So yeah, make it more affordable and make a lot of the proceeds go to, uh, to that. Yeah. Make it more available to raise more money. I don't see where the issue is. They, they limit it. And then that's it. Instead of like hope it's one of those things, who knows, maybe with the new head of the PA, that's one of the things that happens um, come mid March. Who knows? There was another thing actually on that same vein. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. I saw it late last night and I forgot to send it to you. The Seattle Kraken are doing something very interesting with their uh, 2023-24 shoulder patch. So the advertisement that goes on their home jersey, they are actually not technically having an advertiser. They are showing support for the Indigenous peoples in that area. Um, They're going to be showing a patch with the tribe uh, that they're supporting. I can't remember. I think it's the Muckle Shoot, if my memory uh, serves me right, but I might be wrong. I think I'm close. Uh, I read it very late last night. <laughs> um, but I think that's a brilliant move. Um, those patches do nothing when it comes to advertising dollars. Give that money back. Yep. And uh, I think that that is a brilliant move by them. And I really, really love that. I can't remember if I, it might just be home games for New Jersey, but the uh, the helmet ad. Um, yeah. For home games, it's always a uh, BIPOC company in the Newark area. So it's like things like that over, no offense, RBC or Milk. Like, yeah. Little things like that can go a long way. And then it actually makes people go, oh, what's that? Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So. And then it makes the brand look better like the kraken brand people will buy more of the jerseys because they want to support that instead of i don't know like you said milk so <laughs> i don't know watch what you say about milk they have some crazy lobbyists i'm not joking um, but milk is great okay, to it our, makes you feel, to makes our, you feel terrible to, to any of our american <laughs> listeners out there the the milk industry in canada has the Canadian government wrapped around its finger? Look it up. It's it's fun. We pay so much for our milk because of that and our cheese. Yeah, I don't even like milk, so there goes Neither all. Neither does of my our... body. Milk well, sponsorships. Yeah. yeah. All right, you hit the horn. Do it again. I thought you were Let's about go. to do um, jingle, jingle bells. Right? Yep. Yeah. No. Games of the week, Brian. Uh, we kind Why of. Why was our games of the week <laughs> hilarious last week? Uh, hold on, let me pull it up. So if we go to uh, my game was on Friday, um, Rangers, uh, Oilers. Oilers had a four to one lead. They lost it in a shootout. Uh, okay, let's go to Sunday where Pat picked the Avalanche and the Oilers. Um. Was it a, a four? Oh, sorry. It was only a three-one lead. No, no, no. Three nothing. Oh, a three nothing lead, and then a four-two <laughs> lead. When I turned it off. <laughs> and then the Avalanche win it six-five in overtime. So, yeah, we both chose. Um, Great. I I don't <laughs> think we can pick a winner between the two of us because it was 
two, three goal blown leads by the Oilers. That is the worst pity points ever. Uh, it makes me feel so good because they went up three nothing, and then uh, Edmonton Twitter was just like, "Oh, it looks like the Colorado Avalanche aren't the same anymore." And then they lost. It just <laughs> makes me feel so so good because like it's nothing against all all the Edmonton fans. There's like one or two that's obnoxious online, like there normally is, unless you're in Toronto. And um, yeah, it was just nice to see them pull out that win. I fully counted them out. That was on the second half of a back to back. Against the Edmonton Oilers that are just, they're so fast. They really are. And still, they looked terrible. It was great. <laughs> anyway, Who, my game of yeah, the week. Yeah, <laughs> Pat gets to do his first this week. We're, we're switching things up. All right. So my game of the week is also another Sunday game. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, February 26th at 1 p.m., Washington versus Buffalo. I'm glad I had two because this was my Sunday choice. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really fun game. I think it's uh, I don't it's not going to be a low scoring affair now because I said that it will be. Um, but I just I don't know. I think that there's something fun in there. There the Buffalo might be fighting for that spot. Washington might be as well if they're clearing out space to bring in somebody with term. Who knows? Maybe they're trying to get Carlson, and that'll be our first exposure to him. Who knows? It'll yep. be fun. Maybe Corral Vimelko will shut them out, you know? <laughs> yeah, if that trade happens. Uh, yeah. We will go to mine. Oh, looking at the one there. There's one on Monday, that 7 o'clock game. That would be interesting to pick, but I'm not going to. That's uh, Red Wings and Senators. Uh, uh, I looked at that. It looks fun. Too. Which also, they do the exact same game on Tuesday. Because remember that snowstorm that we had and their game got canceled? Yeah, they're doing back-to-back Red Wings and Ottawa nights. That messed with me so much at work scheduling those games. That's weird. Um, What I'm going with is on the Tuesday, 8 p.m. The Kings are in Winnipeg. Something about that game is either going to be ridiculously high scoring or one of those, like, 1-1, 2-1 games. And as we get closer and closer to the deadline, it is just so much more fun seeing mm-hmm. what contenders do because sometimes it's, okay, new new player coming in, they've got to show up, or I don't want to get traded, I better play better. So, Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird time of the year for all of that. And the best thing is because trade deadline is a week away, we're going to see a lot of moves uh, between now and... And our next episode. So, or is it on the Friday? It's on the Friday. Ah, oh, I thought it was the second. I thought no. that we were going to be super duper in luck and, and be able to talk about it at the end. So we'll have to wait two weeks. So it'll be, oh, gross. Really? <laughs> yep. Ah, uh, March 9th. All right. We're going to have to wait until March 9th. I'm and at that point, be... we may not even talk about too many of them. And I'm going to be exhausted because I'm going to be driving home from picking up my parents at the airport from Toronto. So that's going to suck. But um, yeah, next week we're probably, we should have a ton to talk about um, when it comes to the trades. And I'm willing to bet that probably about 40% of the people that we mentioned today will be on different teams. Hopefully. So it is one of the more exciting times of the year um, for hockey fans because 
you know, we get really, really excited and then nothing really happens. And then we're like, ah, I wish it was the NBA. No kidding. Uh, on, <laughs> on that note, we're going to call it there because we went a little bit longer than I think we wanted to. So uh, we'll talk to everybody again next week, the day before trade deadline. Sometimes, yeah, those trades happen the night before. So we're kind of banking on that a little bit. Um, I don't have anything to uh, close with here, Pat. Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, not really. Just uh, enjoy some really good hockey coming up. There's a lot of fun matchups, and it was really tough to pick just one game of the week. So, uh, yeah, enjoy it all. It's going to be really fun to see all the moves and all the games. <laughs>